have some chicken tendies and a brew dog. It's If You're Listening, one person's mission to force her friend to listen to all the music he avoided in high school. I'm Ramsey. Hey, it's me, Heather. <laughs> Hi, Heather. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. Uh, I made a tactical error in eating popcorn as a snack earlier. So you're just, is your mouth just full of leftover kernels? Oh, I, I ate it like four hours ago. And I Doesn't guess I, matter. I, I know I, it's just my curse for the rest of the day. I thought I was in the clear. No, I had corn on the cob last night. I have brushed and floss since then and still <laughs> still found corn in my tooth earlier today. We're just a couple of corn mouths. <laughs> is that a thing? It is now. <laughs> it's the hashtag for this episode that uh, everyone's using. I hate it. Uh, <laughs> Ramsey, we have a guest today. Thank God. No we one else sure wants do. to hear about corn in our teeth. <laughs> <laughs> you do. Uh Ladies and gentlemen, today we have a writer and a podcaster. You know him from Doughboys, How Did This Get Played, uh, Earth to Ned, the new show on Disney+. Plus. It's Nick Weiger. Hi. Hello. Hi, Nick Weiger. Thanks for having me. I can talk corn teeth all day if we want to go down that road. Yeah, how, how long do you estimate uh, corn kernels are stuck in your teeth after you eat? So uh, for me, I am a big time flosser. Mm-hmm. And so I will, it, I, I just can't stand that. In fact, to the point where I will have a, a I keep a, if I'm working a job, I'll keep some floss in my drawer mm-hmm. uh, or in my bag. Um, and, uh, it, you know, in, in the car, I'll keep some floss. I, 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 need it at, I need it with me because I just like that irritant will just drive me nuts and it'll be all mm. I'll focus on. And, you know, uh, uh, Ramsey had a couple of Doughboys references earlier on the show, <laughs> um, which I appreciate. Uh, but one thing I've talked about on Doughboys, my chain restaurant podcast, is that I'm not a popcorn fan at all. And part right. of the reason is it's just such an – I just can't stand having popcorn kernels uh, either stuck between my teeth or even just that, like – when the granules kind of get stuck to your molars, that also drives me nuts. I love popcorn so much. It is like one of my, well, not now in COVID times, but like going to a bar that serves popcorn in New York and just having like a shitty beer and a pop, mm. like unlimited popcorn for dinner is like a very common meal of mine. <laughs> <laughs> Nutritional value real low, but ha- right. happiness very high. <laughs> Nick, do you want to tell everyone what album we're doing today? Today, we will be discussing Metallica's Ride the Lightning, their second studio album, released in 1984. Okay, the year of my birth. Um, hey, there you go. Big year, big <laughs> year. Uh, also, the year of Ramsey's birth? That's right. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I looked up this album. I know nothing about this album. I am obviously familiar with Metallica, but not this album. I am curious your why you picked this album. Uh, thank you for asking. So <laughs> basically, the 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 arc of Metallica is they had their thrash metal phase over the course of their first four albums. This was their second of those four albums. And that's like what the core fans refer to as kind of the original four. Um, And, um, and then they had their, their album, their self-titled album, Metallica, also known as the black album with the big, big single was enter Sandman, but they had a bunch of, you know, the unforgiven, nothing else matters wherever I may roam. Like a lot of those all came from that album. Wow. That's a lot. Yeah, it, it, they they had like five or six just huge singles off of that album, and that's what really you know catapulted them to mainstream success. 
and at the same time kind of created a schism within their fan base where their their original hardcore fans who'd been with them uh even though their their sound was so was still pretty similar to what they had it was like a little bit less thrash and a little bit like slower and a little bit more um accessible and so so a lot of a lot of core fans I, I, myself included to some degree uh, were like kind of like oh that's when Metallica started to uh, you know g- get off of what they were doing that that got us into the band in the first place. Um, but Ride the Lightning came right in that that you know uh, you know Kill 'Em All was their first album, Master Puppets their third album. A lot of people think Master Puppets is their best album. I like And Justice for All, which is their fourth album. But I chose Ride the Lightning uh, because this is an album that I think just like works top to bottom and has so many tracks that I think are like uh, you know. I so many tracks that I think like endure. Um, okay. So yeah, it's, 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 it's just, it's, it's like kind of like they really like refined their sound. Their kill them all is just so raw. And then ride the lightning and master of puppets. I feel like is where they really kind of got their sound down and, and their songwriting uh, really dialed in. And, and I, 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 I guess as a Metallica fan, uh, this is the album that I pick. Cause I think it like, it kind of represents the Metallica of old in, in, in the best of the best of their catalog. This is, okay, so this is very interesting to me because if you had asked me, like, what year did Metallica put out, I guess you're saying, wait, what album was Enter Sandman on, you said? Uh, the album's just called Metallica. People call it the Black Album as well. And so what year did was that album? 91. Yeah. Okay. So I definitely, in my, like, recollection of, like, this band in pop culture would have thought that album was way later because I feel like those songs were like so ubiquitous for all of the nineties. And the fact that it was so early is very interesting to me. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 it was basically, you know, that, that I think there was also a longer tail for things, you know, like the, the singles, the singles just kept coming out, you know, years after the album's release. And so it was just kind of in the, the collective consciousness for a long time. Um, but it, it was, yeah, and, and also it, it kind of, it's weird because it was kind of like the, in some ways that album was kind of the end of metal, even though it was the, the biggest mainstream success. It was like after that, it was, we kind of went into, pivoted to grunge. Yeah. Um, hmm. And then without, you know, it, 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 without a, in, a, in a blink of an eye, we're in the rap rock. And it was just like, you know. What a time uh, to be and, alive that was. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> It yep. was a time to be alive. That is true. It, 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 it was, in fact. Ramsey is a huge Limp Bizkit fan. Um, wow. That's Don't, not true. No, that's I will not, not let that <laughs> You've said far worse lies about me. I will not allow that. <laughs> I did make Ramsey at some point listen to a corn album. He did not enjoy that either. Um, okay. This is very interesting. I really, I would have shifted all of Metallica's career basically at least five years further, like back than I thought it was. Yeah. Interesting. Here. So how did you come to be a Metallica fan? It was it was a lot of little brother uh, with an older older brother. Like my brother, my brother's my older brother Nate, f- uh, five years younger than me, super into metal. All his fans were into metal, and I thought that was cool. And I wanted to like wear his shirts and be into that too. So that that's basically what it came from. It was it was uh, Got a, it. a younger sibling's mimicry. Hmm. Perfect makes perfect sense, and. Do you like other, wait, is, this is metal, right? Yeah. Do you like other metal or just Metallica? 
I was into metal. I, I, as far as my my listening these days, I don't really keep up with metal, but I, you know, the the stuff of my youth, I was certainly into. You know, Megadeth, uh-huh. your Anthrax, your Slayers, uh, the kind of kind of the heavy hitters of the of, of of metal Sepultura. Yeah, we just did an Anthrax song on our episode that came out today because it was on a Tony Hawk Pro Skater soundtrack. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, uh, it's you know, it was very. Very important to skating. Um, but honestly, <laughs> very, very eclectic album. <laughs> yeah, it's a really crazy soundtrack. <laughs> um, but yeah, okay, that is interesting. So yeah, because this being 1984, I, I mean, I know what Metallica sounds like. Does this sound like the like MTV songs I would know? I think or you'll is- be able. to. Uh, I, I think you'll be able to recognize it. Um, yeah. James Hetfield's, who's the vo- the lead vocalist and and rhythm guitarist, has such mm-hmm. a distinct, you know, the sound to his voice that I think that makes it sound like Metallica. But you know, it's a little it's a little faster. It's a little less produced. Yeah. Um. But I I, I don't think you'd be like I think if someone if you were like who is this and someone's like Metallica you'd be like oh yeah you know fair enough yeah okay right. that is yeah all right um I'm trying I, to. Go ahead, Ramsey. Oh, uh, I I did some quick prep in advance of the episode to try and think of like what are the Metallica touch points in my life that I'm just gonna throw out real quick. Great. Right. Uh, like ignoring like the the very I do know some of the singles and that sort of thing. Um, my friend Ronald was sued by Metallica. Uh, Excuse me. What? For downloading, <laughs> uh, he was very early on Napster, and oh, he got with this part of the Napster debacle. He got caught. He used his real email address and address to sign up for a Napster account, <laughs> and he was served by papers. Wow! Uh, from the Metallica estate he, or whatever. Did he have to like go to court? What happened? So, I got assist one time, and that was scary enough. <laughs> I think it was effectively that because he was a minor, and so I think. I, I don't I think it just turned into the larger Napster lawsuit. Yeah. Rather than suing the individuals who were sharing right. Metallica songs. I did but go it, to a college with a kid who did get individually sued. Not from Napster, but some from some later like file sharing situation. But I got kicked off of Napster for downloading a BB Mac song. So not the same at all. Um just, you know, I think British pop music. Um Interesting. I got a cease and desist later, like when I was on college campus for downloading the television show Friday Night Lights, which honestly, <laughs> I don't regret a fucking thing. Was worth it. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's fine. Um, yeah, I forget about that whole Napster thing. Like that was, I mean, didn't work. So, it didn't work. So, yeah, I mean. It's but but Napster is specifically with Metallica was such a moment where everywhere they were just like oh they're not cool anymore they become the machine they become right. the man yeah. and I it, it you know to 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 uh, uh to your point Heather of like how it seemed like Metallica's album like it seemed like that came out later in the nineties so it's just such a part of the nineties it's interesting how the timeline is so compressed between yeah. like. That you know that album comes out. That's that's ninety one. They're they're huge mainstream success. They're one of the biggest bands in the world, winning Grammys. Uh, then they come out with uh, load their next album like five years later, and there's a huge backlash to that by their fans. Uh, oh. Any fans who stuck with them through Metallica started to to get off board with load. They they released a reload the next year, and 
then that's similarly like people are just sort of like what the fuck is this and mm. then they they have in you know just a couple years later they have the uh, the Napster controversy and that's right. the point where just like a lot of fans just completely who ultimately came back to the band uh, but they checked out at that point and were like fuck this but then I do remember so but then the documentary was after that right and people really yeah. liked that in my recollection yes. Some kind of monster. So that yeah. documentary is is awesome, and I think that is that honestly did I think have to do with their um uh, their image being rehabbed a little bit with their fan base. Yeah, I've never seen uh, it, but I know it's like always highly ranked as like great music documentaries. So yeah, it's it's great, and you know what? Part of the part of what I, why I think like you know I, I like Metallica for the music primarily, mm-hmm. but the but I being a fan of the band, you follow some of the intrigue and there's a lot of intrigue that touches a lot of different aspects of the metal genre. Uh, involving Metallica specifically, one is that Dave Mustaine, who's the frontman of Megadeth, mm-hmm. um, which is you know maybe arguably number two to Metallica in terms of their prominence and influence yeah, in the genre. Yeah. He was originally a member of uh, of Metallica oh. and got kicked out after mm. Kill 'Em All because he was such an uh, such an awful drunk and they just didn't want to be around him. Oh wow! Um, so he basically and and in in uh, some kind of monster they have like an on screen discussion with Dave Mustaine and Dave Mustaine is so like per- like he's just so devastated by being ex- even though he built his own thing and yeah. became this huge like like star in his own right within the genre he's just still so devastated and crushed by being kicked out of the band and he's never wow. really come to terms with it um, so that's one aspect. The other, the other thing, and I'll, I'll just monologue for one more second here, uh, which which ties in uh, to this album to some degree is Cliff Burton, their original uh, yeah. bassist, died uh, tragically in a in a bus in a tour bus accident after uh, the Master of Puppets, their their album following right. this. Right. So Cliff Burton, who's an amazing bassist, he's on the first three albums. And then he was replaced by Jason Newstead, and then Jason Newstead, who is also great, but kind of always felt a little bit, it seemed, maligned and isolated within the group. Sure. Uh, he ultimately departs the band, and that's the that's what ends up being the uh, inception of, uh, or, or the 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 the, the uh, inciting incident within some kind of monster. Is they're looking for a replacement now for Jason Newstead? Oh, got it. Yeah, I mean, the main things that I did know about Metallica were that they had, uh, well, to be fair, I don't think I knew it was a bassist, but a member that died in a in a bus crash or whatever, yeah. and the Napster thing. Those were my main talking <laughs> points about them. So, interesting. Right. In Sweden. Yeah. Sorry, I'm on Wikipedia now. <laughs> <laughs> it was like you just divined that information. <laughs> no, that's just a weird place to... I don't know, do anything in my opinion, but like that's random. Um, all right. Ramsey, would you Please like, this just, yes, I meant to send it to you a minute ago. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm doing a bad job. Uh, here you go. Uh, one thing I will tell, uh, while that's sending, while I was looking t- for the album art in which to send, um, I found the album art in board shorts form on billabong.com and they are fucking insane it's literally the sky and lightning on the front and it just says metallica in that font across the ass fuck i would have loved to have those in middle school (laughs) well you can get them right now for 69 dollars oh my god nice you know what way too expensive (laughs) you're paying for the logo it's true so expensive i don't know how much hair on there 
Is the what? Is the chair on the shorts somewhere? What's the placement of that? No chair. Okay. Literally the front is just this lightning sky. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of a cool thing. There's a pocket. I don't know why you need a pocket when you're swimming. uh, That has the little logo on it. And then just huge Metallica across your butt in that blue. I don't know how much men's swim trunks cost, but $69 seems very expensive. Yeah, that seems a little much. I, I did have a, a very Metallica-heavy wardrobe uh, in middle school. I wore a lot of, you know, I had to ride the lightning shirt. I had I borrowed my brother's Master of Puppets shirt. I borrowed his uh, Metallica, uh, you know, Black Album shirt. Um, and a lot of the, uh, the, there were also a lot of just like, just cool designs that like had like, you know, skulls and, sure. and um, gore sure. on them that I just thought were awesome. <laughs> I, I, I haven't thought about this for, for a long time, but the, uh, the artist behind the, the metal, a lot of the meta- that Metallica art and a lot mm-hmm. of other metal art is this guy who went by Pusshead. Oh um, yeah. <laughs> I gotta look up Pusshead. <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> yeah. Really gross. Don't love that. Uh, Ramsey, it- what are your thoughts on this cover? So I mean, you've you've pretty you've done a great job of describing it through board shorts. Um, <laughs> the notable omission is, but above ride the lightning, there's a big electric chair. Powered, uh, powered by lightning, not by lightning. Yeah, and it just immediately makes me wonder: was that already slang for somebody who's about to be put to death? Oh, uh, this guy's going to ride the lightning, mm. or if it if that was just their own sort of creation based on this title um, um my understanding is it came from the stand oh, oh. Right. yes yeah. i did see Which that I haven't in read. research no i have not read that either i yeah, have but they, read that but i it was eight million pages so i don't remember that. <laughs> a lot of fair. uh you know there's a lot of a lot of horror references a lot of high fantasy references that you'll come across in metal yeah which is i think part of why the fan base is so dorky myself included <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, I would say other than just doing a straight up black album cover, which is, I guess, to come, this is like a quintessential Metallica cover to my mind. Sure. What I would expect. I do hate that Ride the Lighting is just like in Ariel. <laughs> it just feels like, oh, right, we have to put the title somewhere yeah. is what that feels like. But everything else feels fine. But also, I also get, I my mind literally gets blown when I think about how graphic design was done before photoshop and i literally can't understand it like i don't understand <laughs> yeah. mass production of like i went to art school i don't understand it and it hurts my brain to, like i've seen um i went to a panel once where it was like the guy who shot like the cover of like morrison hotel and like other like like cr- multiple crosby sales national young or and just like all you know the different iterations of those people's bands and like shot all those early album covers and then worked with a guy who did the graphic design and i'm like how did how did you do that i like <laughs> i like i've grown up too much with computers that i can truly not understand how you did it but anyways uh so i'm not going to give him too much shit for using the most boring <laughs> font ever for the album title um should we get into this let's do it all right uh this is not ex- what I expected the album to start like. <laughs> <laughs> well, so there's there's a lot of, you know, we'll, we'll see this with Metallica. Or you'll, you'll hear this with Metallica. You'll hear this in this album, uh, too. But they, they have a, a lot of acoustic that they'll use either as interludes or as intros or sometimes mm. just do a wholly acoustic song. 
This, now that you said about metal fans being nerdy, which I do also know to be true, and it's not a slight, I am a huge nerd about many different things. Metal is just yes. not one. There is also the like, like, I mean, what that noise was reminding me of is also like the sort of fantasy nerdy elements sure. of stuff. Yeah, like, for so sure. Tolkien bands and that sort of thing. Yeah. 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 This is what I was expecting. Yeah. This, this sounds like Metallica. I have not listened to a specifically metal album in so long. This is fascinating. What's the name of the song? Uh, this Fight is Fight Fire, Fire with Fire. Yeah. I, so, I, because I grew up like going to punk shows, like hardcore is more adjacent to that than metal. Got it. So I feel like, obviously it's not, they're different genres, but they're not too dissimilar. But I feel like the big difference that's sticking out in my head right now listening to this is how clean and precise metal mm. is whereas hardcore I feel like is louder and messier if that makes yeah. sense I, I think that's a, I, 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 I know less about hardcore than you but I have been to my share of punk shows and yeah. I was into punk for a time and and I think there yeah there is a level of precision yeah. and a, just just a a, a, a a skill ceiling an expected skill floor rather for musicianship in metal um I feel like does tie back and, and again like the, I do not mean this as an insult I know this word is inherently usually an insult but like I do feel like that also ties into like the nerdiness of this sure. genre of like being so skilled at it you know right Hitting those yeah, gems. I mean, a lot of it. This this was a the, you know, it would be a kid who would I I knew, I knew an amazing guitarist. I had a good friend who was an amazing guitarist in in high school, and like a lot of he was just like sitting by himself, noodling on his guitar on his lap like all day long yeah. after school, <laughs> and, and I think that was a lot of. Uh, I, I think that's where a lot of me- like metal guitarists came from, just people who just like practiced obsessively, yeah. and maybe that was their their outlet. That I makes I, I was the kid in college who I, I was a little bit ahead of the ukulele wave. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, go on. <laughs> I don't know if I want to go on. <laughs> that was... I oh don't my even goodness. know. I couldn't even... Okay, continue. Sorry. I was into This American Life before it was cool. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, I uh, and so I did the thing of like, oh, I'm gonna teach myself like crazy train on this. That'll be fun. And I got that riff down. And then I was like exploring more metal things. And it was just, oh, this is far too hard to learn. <laughs> Don't understand how yeah. anyone could do this. And I have two yeah. less strings. I, I don't know any, what. One time ever, I tried to learn how to play guitar, and after fi- with like my friend, and after five minutes, I was like, my fingers hurt. I hate this. I don't want to do this anymore. So. <laughs> I have no tolerance for any of it, so it's all shocking to me that anyone wants to do this. Yeah, Especially it's this. it's uh, a one hundred percent. Yeah, and and the the guitarist the for this drums are insane. Yeah, yeah, and that's Lars Ulrich. I mean, Lars is you know for his despite his late career infamy is the uh, you know is the uh, Napster guy. He he was an amazing drummer, um, and I, I I think I think you'll. I think you'll hear on this album, you'll hear a lot is just like the snare drum just really, really comes through. It's just really, really high in the mix. Um, and uh, But also just like the speed required to be a metal drummer is just, it's yeah. you know, the, the double bass drum is just like, it's it's requires so much coordination and so much skill. Uh, I was going to say the, so the uh, guitar, the new guitarist on this album after Dave Mustaine's departure, uh, Kirk Hammett, mm-hmm. 
is is and he's still with the band and he's uh he's just uh awesome um and um it's uh he's his, especially his soloing is just like so virtuosic it's so funny that like granted part of it is just there were less bands and this band was always on mtv like i know all these names despite never having been like a metallica right. fan but it would they were just so everywhere that i i have known every member of metallica's name that you have said so far <laughs> but yeah, never you- listened to them <laughs> Lars was the only one I probably could have named without prompting, uh, but I've definitely I, heard all these others. I think I could have also pulled James and Cliff with, with you know, if we were at Metallica Trivia Night, as you and I were. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think Lou Reed also, right? He's in Metallica. <laughs> he had an, uh, they, they did an, uh, an experimental thing together, right? Yeah. I'm trying to remember what I, that was. Oh, I, I was... I was gonna ask because I saw on Wikipedia associated acts Lou Reed and I was like, "Excuse me." Yeah, the, so yeah. they had a, a, you know, they 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 did a, a collaboration um, that I've never really listened to later in in Metallica's run. Like you know, like, like I kind of fell off with Metallica as they got into their modern catalog, uh, which is you know I think I think common for a lot of people following a band a band as a kid. Um, and uh, but yeah, they they did some more experimental things. I, I think the thing they've done that that's like that that's worked better is uh, S and M, which they did two of. They actually recently did S and M two, uh, and which was their their live performance with the San Francisco Symphony. And I think those oh, are actually cool. actually really awesome. Uh, they're, they're really cool live live performances. Interesting. So this album is also only eight songs long. Oh wow. Uh. The songs are very long, though, which I feel like is pretty normal for metal. 100%, um, yeah. That ties into one of my other Metallica memories, which is my cousin getting married and slow dancing to uh, Nothing Else Matters and it feeling yeah. like an eternity. <laughs> they played the that entire rules. song. People need to really think about that at weddings. Like, no one wants to watch you dance for that long. That's so awkward. <laughs> Unless you're really good. Yeah, unless you have a routine, a dance routine done, like, right? But no then you don't want that to feel too yeah. rehearsed because yeah. then that feels like corny in its own way. Yeah, Very the office. Fun. It's tough. The office made that cool and then also ruined it three years later when <laughs> everyone did it too much. Like, it was like cool for one minute and then it was like, okay, everyone's doing this. Everyone, calm down. Yeah. Uh, that yeah, like. No, I feel like the sweet spot is like one minute and then you make everyone else join you. Like, no, I don't want right. anyone looking yep. at me. I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> is this still the first song? Second no, this song. is the second song. We're, we're in Ride the Lightning. This is the title track right now. And this is okay. one of their um, tracks that I feel like has endured from this album. What is yeah, your just, favorite on this album, Nick? Great question. Uh, for a long time, I would have said "Fade the Bla- Fade to Black" rather, or "For Whom the Bell Tolls." Uh, I did have a period where I was really into "Escape," which is okay. kind of a deeper cut, and I think that was partly me wanting to be like, "I'm the guy who's into the deeper cut." <laughs> uh, but uh, but it is still a good song. I, I I think "Creeping Death" is really awesome too. Towards the end, I mean, I like I like "Ride the Lightning" a lot too. I, it's it's I think it's a good album from from start to finish. There aren't really any. Any part, any any of the eight songs that I feel like are a, a, a drag to, to sit through. Do you go back to this album with any frequency? 
Yeah, I mean, this is that uh, I I don't have necessarily a regular rotation, but if sure. I want to listen to something that's going to get my energy up, for sure, I'll listen to I'll listen to old, the one of the Metallica original four albums. All right. This, Do you, go ahead. Go ahead. This might be a sad question for the current quarantine period, but did <laughs> you get to see them live? Yeah, I've seen Metallica live. It was I've seen them a, a couple of times. I saw them once at the Velodrome at Cal State Dominguez Hills, uh, and uh, it was it was a, it was a good show. I mean, they, they were this. I'm trying to remember what year it was. Maybe would have been maybe '92. So I think they were touring off of of uh, still still touring off of Metallica that album. Oh wow. Yeah, I've seen I think I've seen, I've seen him another time too. I don't don't remember the details are a little foggier, but I, I I've seen him a few times. I would imagine their stage show is out of fucking control. Like I don't go to many like big shows. I go to mostly like shitty DIY shows. But <laughs> every time I go to like a show in an arena, I'm always like, oh my god, this is amazing. People do this, and I would imagine theirs is even on like a different level of like pyrotechnics. Shit, I don't know. Yeah, this was a this was an outdoor show, so it was it, like it, it, it wasn't as like I think the one that was the wildest in that regard that I ever saw was Rush. Oh, um, I saw Rush in the, at the Anaheim Pond, and that that was pretty nuts. So, uh, but I remember this being it being a really good set. I remember so two two things that stand out. One is that um, uh, Allison Chains was supposed to be their opener, mm-hmm. and then they dropped out. I think because Lane Staley, the singer. Uh, rest in peace uh, had to go to rehab uh. and so and so james so they got replaced by uh candle box oh yeah and i don't know do you remember does anyone do you guys remember candle box at all i do i do i, I don't know why though them. i i know the name for some reason they were like a one it, it, they, in They're that like a, mtv era that they had like one like hit one in the small, grunge era right? yeah. yeah exactly um, and so they were there and they were opening for Metallica and just like not a great fit. It was like having towed the wet sprocket open <laughs> for Slayer. It was just like, it was just the wrong, the wrong ensemble for that crowd. And so people were fucking just like so mean to them, just flipping oh, yeah. them off, throwing shit at them. And I just remember the, 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 them, them playing their hit and the singer singing a, singing a line from their, their hit song, which I can't even remember what it was. And then dodging a beer bottle, and oh, then Jesus. saying, "saying uh, nice throw, asshole," and then going right <laughs> in the next so- next line of the song. I mean, fuck it's it. A pretty good way. Of, yeah, a pretty good way to handle it. Yeah, yeah. I if I played the song, I feel like I'd be like, "Oh yeah, I do remember this," but I could not tell you what it is offhand. Yeah, I don't even remember what it was called. Far behind, it looks like from my googling. Okay. I don't know. There's a. No, there's a couple. I can't tell which is the most popular one, but I hear a bell tolling, so I have a yes. pretty good indicator. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is for whom the bell tolls. This is uh, the the third track, and this is taken from a a Hemingway novel, I believe. Yep. Uh, to the to to where me and my friends like read this novel. <laughs> We're like reading this Hemingway novel because of its association with Metallica, just to try to get glean some insight into the the song um but you know a lot of their themes it's it's 
thematically, I like a like a a a you know like I I think back to the because a lot of this was wrapped up in the metal scare of just like oh this is demonic this is evil parents mm-hmm. are parents want to keep their kids away from it but a, a lot of Metallica's lyrics are like anti-war anti-nuclear proliferation uh, anti-death penalty it's it's right. like and, and the same sort of thing happened with Ozzy and and Black yeah. Sabbath of just like their you know like a lot of their stuff was. I think it was Crazy Train was their single that people were like t- were saying like oh that's this is evil this is the devil's music but it's just a song about like how we should choose peace and love over war you know right uh, so that that kind of like that dissonance with the lyrical content and how the music sounds its heaviness I think is a uh, I, I don't know I just find that I always find that aspect of metal interesting. Also, though, isn't it cute now to listen to something like Crazy Train and be like, you guys were scared of this? <laughs> I know, I know. It's like adorable. You're like, okay. Uh, it's it's is- like the thing I remember re- reading when I was when I was a little bit more into music theory and there, there was like the, the augmented fourth was called the Devil's Interval back in like <laughs> the, the Middle Ages. It was like a thing you just would not play on the organ or you'd be scandalized. Have you heard it though? It is pretty scary. It is pretty scary. Yeah. I know. <laughs> uh, Just shiver thinking was, about it. <laughs> when I was in ninth grade, uh, my English teacher tried to do the music is poetry angle. Uh huh. And uh, she played us the music video for one. Uh, oh, which wow. Has, it was also, I remember it being very long, but also had all this footage from this 1970s movie, uh, which I Googled called Johnny Got His Gun. Yeah. It really messed me up. I was really scared of that music video. <laughs> well, because the movie, which is, it, it's like about a guy who goes to Vietnam, I think, and then he gets mm-hmm. his, like, limbs blown off and his, and is, like, you know, blind and deaf and can't communicate. And so it's just, like, this 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 guy just trapped inside of a body he can't control. Um, and it's it's just about his like agony and how and and it ends with like oh please uh, please God take like he wants to be killed he's hoping for yeah. someone to kill him. We watched it twice back to back also, which didn't wow. help. Wow, yeah. interesting. That was like what are you doing. Well, I mean that's sixteen minutes or so probably of of a lesson done. Oh. Your teacher was probably hungover in retrospect. <laughs> there was a rumor that she had a Megadeth tattoo as well, so this is all fitting. Oh, yeah. teacher this, rules. I do, <laughs> I do think about how often now, um, like every time I watched a movie in school, I was like, was that teacher just hungover that day? Like... <laughs> <laughs> Heather, as someone who went to punk shows, did you ever, did you ever like see? I'll, I'll, I guess this is this is me just getting myself into this anecdote. But um, <laughs> did you? But I was gonna say like I, I had a, we went to a punk show once, and the, uh, and there the we went and then at school on the Monday after that punk show, uh, our substitute teacher in history was the guitarist from that punk band. No, I was like that was like the coolest thing I ever saw. That I felt happened. so in the know. I also feel like that's a Southern California thing to happen, though. I can tell you, that oh, yeah. did not happen in upstate New York. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, so Ramsey and I are both from upstate. But, um, yeah, no, I would mostly go to shows and all the bands were 15-year-olds, as as was I. Got um, it. We, most of our shows when I first started going to punk shows were in a basement under a 
business that was out of business called the Underground Theater. But it was basically like one of the kids in the punk scene. His dad, I think, was a real estate developer, a real estate agent, and would let us throw shows in places that, I don't know, for whatever reason, weren't selling or something. Like we had the Underground Theater for a while, which was just, like I said, a basement. Then for a while, we had shows at a Chinese buffet that someone had gotten murdered at. And then... Pretty metal. Uh, well, we also would have shows at the skate park. But yeah, this is like adults were not going to these places. Yeah. Adults might wait in the parking lot for, you know, if they were a cool parent for their teen to come out eventually. <laughs> but no, I never saw a teacher and I would have literally deceased. I would have died on the spot if I had seen a teacher at a show I went to. <laughs> Did that change your relationship with that teacher, Nick? Like, was there like a wink or was it more averting your gaze? I so the band was called Action League, and I took it upon myself to go before school started and walk into the class and say like, "Hey, we with my with me and my friends," and we're like, "Hey, we couldn't help but notice you are the guy from Action League," <laughs> and and then he just sort of talked to us for a little bit. He was actually a little sheepish, and then in hindsight, it was just like, "Oh yeah, he was probably felt just so confused by the whole interaction slash." embarrassed to be be being a substitute teacher for some reason i don't know what's you know what exactly what it was but you were um, like little little teen mike wallace's confronting him in his office exactly (laughs) yeah i yeah i mean the the idea still to me of seeing a teacher outside of school is crazy to me but like then doing a thing that i'm doing oh (laughs) that would blow my mind even more yeah. they're they are the entertainment at the thing you're doing yeah exactly was this band good uh i remember them being good okay. but i think i only i saw them once um but I, yeah i remember them i remember them it was at a ska punk show when they were one of the punk bands the straight punk bands it would have been way worse if you were like oh fuck this band sucks <laughs> <laughs> like my teacher's band is so bad right that sounds like a ya novel <laughs> yeah but then somehow they'd fall in love if it was a YA novel oh true <laughs> uh, um, this, this is Fade to Black yeah. yeah and this is one we're hearing more of their acoustic song yeah. the acoustic sound again this one is also like it has a heavier section that we're just about to get into there we are um, and uh, and it's like a yeah th- this song is very very much like overtly about suicide so you know for an angsty teen this is like one that you just really mm-hmm. i remember really connecting with um but it's a uh, yeah i think it's i mean I, I like the songwriting of this one and, and they you mentioned one this has a similar sort of structure where it just kind of has this acoustic sort of lighter thing that goes into a heavier chorus and then kind of has a heavier section at the end i, I mean memories of that yeah. song are like a really aggressive section that da, 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 bah, 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 bah. Yeah. that's my impression and then uh, right. a young, a young boy saying father because he's trapped oh in his yeah body. the music video I never loved did, did you guys like the music videos where they'd have sound effects or hate or I hate it too yeah. get that out of there I don't want a video mix give me what I uh, <laughs> the version I love no honestly <laughs> Give me the version, especially at that age, that I've listened to 400 times on repeat and know every note of. Um, No, I didn't like it. Though, I feel like... I feel like I did like the videos that would do, like, the little... I don't know what to call it. Skits at the beginning. Mm. Sketch. Sure. You know, 
I feel like I'm saying those and it means funny, but like not, you know, it could be I know very what you mean. serious. Uh, but then half the time they wouldn't show it on MTV anyways. Right. No one wants to watch that over, especially like TRL. They don't got time right. for that shit. I, I just this weekend watched the music video for Yola Tango's uh, Sugar Cube. Never seen it. Uh, Bob Kirk and David Cross are in it, and it's 70% just a Mr. Show sketch, and then the song occasionally appears <laughs> in it. Wow. It's fun. Look, I recommend well, it. I mean, that does sound like something Yola Tango would do, but mm-hmm. interesting. No, I've never seen that, though. I miss I music think- videos, though. It was a cool era. I remember the... So Metallica had a music video after I think Inner Sandman was their lead single and then they uh-huh. had The Unforgiven after was their second single and then um, off of that album, the Metallica album, and I remember like hearing them, it, it's like it's so weird to just think of like a put yourself in the pre-internet mindset of like oh, they said on MTV they're going to be playing this video tomorrow at this time, oh. so I've got to remember in my head to turn on the TV at this time so I can watch this video uh, but yeah uh, the Unforgiven, there that second out that that track had a like a super duper long vignette, like a like a nine minute vignette at the start <laughs> before the 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 actual song started. That of course they trimmed uh, when they replayed it. Also, like I am a video producer and mm. I work in advertising, and the budgets for music videos in the early '90s were bigger than any commercial budget I will ever have in my career. Like it's wow, fucking crazy, like. Can you imagine the budgets on these? Like having a nine minute vignette in the middle of a music video is insane. Right. Buying yeah. a car for Michael Jackson to destroy? <laughs> music industry had so much money. I, it's nuts. Yeah. To be All fair, right. they were selling albums then too. Well, you know, exactly. <laughs> That's why Metallica was so mad. They couldn't have nine minute music videos anymore. <laughs> they knew it was coming. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I... This is the first time I've thought about it, that how the, how music videos definitely had higher budgets than my commercial. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like anytime I've heard about a music video these days, it's like, like $7. oh, the band... <laughs> Yeah, you you asked your friend, you asked your director friend to direct it as a favor, exactly. and they got some GoPros, mm-hmm. and you know, um, it, it yeah, it's, it's a completely different world. Yeah, un- un- unless you're a huge artist. Yeah, and even then, I still feel like yeah, they'll get bigger music videos, but it's still, I feel like it's still not the same as it was in the early nineties. Right. Because I'm trying to no no reason anymore. Right. I, although I guess. I guess teens watch a lot of music on YouTube, which is very bizarre to me. But if I can make like a lyric video for my new single and it costs pennies on the dollar by comparison. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I don't understand how any of it works anymore. Yeah. Like <laughs> I want to know like what, what does the return on investment have to be for an artist to make a music video in 2020? Like why would you do it versus not doing it? Because it does not seem fiscally sound to me but i don't fucking know i guess i guess you call it more marketing at this point right like if we if we do a video that's just as outrageous as the song wap then we're gonna get so many hits 
we're gonna get all this social media push about it, I guess, yeah. is more it than anything. Never mind, I answered my own question. It's social we did it. I got it. I got there. Thank you guys. Thank you for working through this with me. I now understand how, to, how marketing and music works. Yeah, please take a photo of your whiteboard so we can post it. <laughs> Jesus. That really, I, all right, great. I solved, I solved the puzzle. Um, do either of you have any any metal that you did like or were into or were even aware of outside of Metallica? That's a good question. Um, I would say the closest, and I know this isn't even actually metal. Like, does Nine Inch Nails even tangentially count? I was into Nine Inch Nails at the same time. I was kind of into to metal. So yeah, they're, they're I mean, I it's, know it's more yeah, industrial, it's own thing. but I feel right. like, yeah. Cause I don't, I don't think so. I cannot think of an example. Right. I'm trying this, to. This is, a difficulty oh. of us recording this remotely now is that the second you asked that question, I turned into like the gritted teeth emoji. <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to think of what metal is. I guess like. <laughs> I feel like it would my my exposure would be limited to like when an ACDC song ended up on a top 40 station. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I would say I know obviously like the more classic bands like Black Sabbath and stuff that we were talking about earlier just from like my dad listening to it. But I am literally Googling metal bands now. And <laughs> yeah, can, you, can you tell that I looked at the A's on the list? <laughs> yeah, but I am like, I did love Slipknot's first album, if they count as a metal band. Um, that's all I got from this list. Oh, this list says that Korn is metal, and I did love Korn. And oh, and System yeah. of a Down, do they count? I also love, uh, you know, when when that was big, I loved, loved yeah. them. I like System of a Down. I, I think new metal counts as metal. So if okay. you're, you're, you're okay. that's absolutely if, valid. If new metal counts, yes, then. Because yeah, I was, Korn was one of my first concerts in like, eighth grade and I saw them with Rob Zombie and then yeah like System of a Down I definitely listened to Slipknot all of that type of stuff Um, and then I got into punk after that basically did you ever hop into the Korn's chat room absolutely what (laughs) their website they used to have a chat room that just like members of the band would pop into and this oh. was like Internet 1.0 day. This is this is the era of your friend uh, uh, Ramsey, your friend putting his real address in the Napster, where you could you would like you could, you just log on and then just like it was like a very crude like chat app they'd have on there, uh, and then monkey w- monkey would just be in there chatting with the fans. Monkey Ramsey's favorite member of Corn. Right, of the course. Name I remember, yes. <laughs> no, the other name. Well, no, you always forget, but your actual favorite member is just David. Uh, oh, that's great. The outlier. <laughs> uh, no, I didn't. I was not aware of that. To be fair, I don't think I got the internet at home until probably until I wasn't into porn anymore. Got it. Uh, by design. <laughs> my parents were like, we're not getting her the internet until she's fucking done with this new metal. <laughs> they they heard right. dashboard confessional and they're like, all right, let's all right. get dial up over here. <laughs> the pendulum swung too far in the opposite direction. Yeah, we now she's crying. Let's get something else. <laughs> I uh, I begged my dad to buy me the Green Day Dookie album and then cried when I heard a swear word, so I was not listening to any metal. 
Oh my god. Yeah. I I really do feel like that story is the embodiment of the difference between you and I. Like, Rams, I got Green Day Googie off of like Columbia Music, whatever the shit, and my parents did not give a shit and I loved it. But then my parent, the only album my parents have ever banned me from having in my house was like an early Coolio album because it was literally like, like the, the song titles were explicit, not even the song mm. itself. So yeah, Green Day was not right. an issue for me. Was there any band stuff in your house oh, like, in terms of music? Uh, you mean in ter- you mean like uh, paraphernalia or posters, that sort of stuff? Oh no! Oh, no I'm sorry. You were banned uh, from listening to. Oh, banned! B a n n e d. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no problem. Uh, the yeah, I, uh, not, I mean, not really in my house. If there was stuff with swears, my parents would want me to listen to it with on headphones or with the door closed. You know, <laughs> they were pretty tolerant of that sort of stuff. Um, but I think the. I did have a friend uh, whose family was evangelical, mm-hmm. and he came upon a, an Easy E album that he was listening oh, to. Yeah. And then his he was his mom, like he wasn't in trouble, but his mom was like, "I'll buy this album off you for five dollars if I can take it in the backyard and smash it with a hammer." Wow! And he took that deal. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. As a kid, yeah. come on. Yeah. You don't have money. So the <laughs> exactly. Um, so we're listening to Escape now. This is one of the songs that I that I really like off of this album. It's kind of got the you'll hear this this major key um, chorus, which is kind of uh, honestly like like less of a it, it, it does it sounds like something that would be more out of like a, a, a almost maybe a little bit more prog rock yeah um, than Metallica, but it's but I really mm-hmm. like it. Yeah. Uh, but then the the song we we glossed over the one before this was Trapped Under Ice which I'm sure is about something else, but I've always chose to imagine it of just being about being afraid of literally being trapped under ice because I think that's more fun. As two people who grew up on the East Coast, it's very scary. The yeah. idea. <laughs> Seems horrifying. People yeah. who walk out on frozen, like, you know how in like the olden days people would ice skate on ponds? That sounds fucking terrifying to me. How do you know it's frozen enough? That's so scary. Yeah. Right. Oh my god, I would be so scared to fall into water under ice. There's like fishing cabins that people do. I don't but I don't understand how that works. Too scary. Yeah, way too scary. Well, and Lars is from like I don't know, somewhere very cold, right? Isn't he from like Scandinavia or something? Yeah, he's yeah, he's Scandinavian. He's uh he's Danish, I believe. Oh. Um and um probably a lot of ice there. <laughs> Right, gotta so be. It's the land of ice and snow, I believe. No, I don't want to. being trapped under ice is definitely a fear. I don't like that one. Yeah, one hundred percent. I don't because I'm already low key scared of the water. Not like swimming, but like the ocean is scary, and so the idea of being like under frozen. Oh no, I don't like that at all. Would you rather be trapped under ice or buried alive? Ooh. Damn, this is a hard one. I I think I'd go underwater because when you freeze to death, supposedly it's kind of a you get warm before you die. Oh, okay. I, yeah. I also think you would die faster. Hmm. Good point. I don't actually know that, but I feel like you would die faster frozen under, like because you would drown as opposed to stuff. I don't know. I guess drowning and suffocating are pretty fucking similar. Yeah. Um, I think I would rather be underwater. 
than yeah. In the there, earth, there's in something about funds. right. I totally. I I I think I think you make the strong case. I think that's probably the 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 correct option. <laughs> the, correct, the correct answer. Yeah, for the it's a great answer for this grim exercise. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But I, there is something uniquely horrifying about being able to like look through the ice yeah. at the world above. Yeah. Yeah. That seems that's, very very scary. I will say, in the version of this that I was picturing in my head, it was night. So okay. I don't know. I feel like maybe I did. I was making it slightly better in my head by it being dark out. <laughs> I don't know. The, the panic of like, I'm not going to be able to see any light no matter what is still pretty scary. Sure. Yeah. Neither's good. Yeah. Ne- neither seems like a great option if I'm being honest. <laughs> um, I, I'm going to go into your expertise for a moment, if you don't mind. Um <laughs> Since we're kind of close to the end dish of this album, yes. Uh, well, if you had to pair this with a fast food meal, what goes with Ride the Lightning? Great question. I mean, it's kind of eclectic. It'll get or eclectic's wrong. It's 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 electric. That's what yeah. I was trying to say. It's literally the title, Ride the Lightning. It's it's very much. It's very high energy. I feel like it's gonna you know get you amped up. So for me, I'm thinking something spicy. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking get a get a whole bunch of wings from Wingstop. Uh, you know, go with your your heat level of preference. I'll I'll take it up to, to three or four peppers. I'll go pretty spicy. Uh, get yourself some some uh, some fries and get yourself some cheese sauce to cool those fries off. That sounds Damn. delicious. Yeah, you're making me like the album more. <laughs> so this. So this song, "Creeping Death," is a it's it's like um it's all biblical. It's all about the uh, the plagues of Egypt, and so it's like you know again one of those it's it's one of those like uh it's one it's a thematic thing you see come up in metal a lot is biblical stuff. I was not expecting Metallica to be as illusion heavy as Mm. it seems to be. I kind of just associate it with uh, Thrasher kids that I was scared of in high school. <laughs> Thrasher kids? Do you mean kids in Thrasher shirts? You know that Thrasher magazine shirts did not exist at that point, or at least were not popular. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. They're very they're very popular now. Uh, but yeah, to, to have the Hemingway and then a bunch of Bible stuff. Right. It's, it's a bit more intelligent than I expected. Yeah, yeah I, think- I mean... I think I also associated them with like, and this may just be my bias because they were more popular. I think I just kind of assumed uh, they were a more basic metal band. Well, I think a lot of that, no, it absolutely does. And I think a lot of that comes from their big breakthrough album, which was a little bit more, you know, basic. I I mean, like Inner Sandman is like, it's what, it's just about a a small boy going to sleep. You know, it's just like, it's not. and, And then... And then they have like one of their songs on 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 Metallica. Metallica is just is uh, like literally just like a pro America song, which is such a break from everything they've done um, that they're they've just got. Uh, it's a uh, oh, fuck. Why, why is the title escaping me right now? Um, it's like it's not love it or leave it, but it's that kind of shitty sort oh, of wow. attitude. Okay. Yeah, they, they've got it's it's. Uh, I'll look it up right now. Um. But yeah, and and so and you know that was the album right after uh, one, 
So so one comes out and and that's just like one of the most you know it's so anti-war, so anti-imperialism, uh, anti-America, and then they have a and then they they literally have a song that it's called "Don't Tread on Me." Oh, oh wow, Jesus. that's yeah. on my nose. Yeah, <laughs> it really it really kind of blows. What are they reacting to at that point? I have no idea. I, I guess it's just kind of like a yeah. I mean, you know what? It would have been. Eh, I, I don't think it would have been recorded during the Gulf War, but I, I guess it's just probably that that whole like Reagan Republicanism just kind of got everywhere. And I think Metallica also became more politically conservative as they got more famous and richer. So that may have also been a, a part of that. You know, that tracks. yeah, that tracks with people being rich. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Are they like? Are they conservative now? Do you know? I, I don't know. You know, I don't know a ton about their politics, but I, I, in you would infer. I mean, it seems like James Hetfield is kind of like a guy who's into guns and hunting. You know, yeah. and um, and Lars is obviously kind of like a you know a, a guy who cares about money more than anything uh, so I think I think those and those is kind of the main two Metallica members the guys who've been fixtures with the band since the beginning I, I think I think they inform its identity the most yeah uh, but I, I, yeah I don't know it's I, I also think I, they're not like actively political really yeah that, that makes sense interesting this is gonna be out of character for me mm-hmm. but like this breakdown part is kind of fun i like yeah that. i i like this with a question mark at the yeah. end <laughs> as somebody who was also given nightmares from one of their music videos i can now admit <laughs> i also because i'm the one that has spotify open uh i see a i is a, a 2016 album hardwired to self-destruct the cover of that yeah. is very scary (laughs) i'm a little scared by it it's like all mutated faces i assume it's their faces all mushed into one i don't know it's scary yeah that was one of their uh i think that was their that's their most recent studio album which i haven't really listened to much oh it's a scary cover so from the cover i don't suggest it unless well it is spooky season so sure (laughs) had they slowed down a lot like in terms of producing or were they touring a lot more or how was that working before the world shut down yeah i think just a slower just a you know as as far as studio albums their yeah their output slowed quite a bit as they got bigger and toured more and there there haven't been a, a ton in the 21st century though they, they've still put out a few um that one i think that album kind of was less discussed i think partly for from time from a timing standpoint because i think it came out like just basically almost at the same time as the 2016 election yeah Uh, and so yeah no one was really talking about anything else right Um, by the way that that album we there that song we just listened to uh creeping death is also i just want to note real quick that's a fixture of their live shows like that's like a one that's one they'll always play um and you know they have this part where it's this breakdown part uh uh, part of what uh, Ramsey was referencing of, of die by my hand, creep across the land, killing a firstborn man, like that part. And mm-hmm. while that's going, the, ch- the crowd chants along, die, die, <laughs> die. That's pretty sick, actually. Die. Yeah, it's, it's, honest, it's honestly awesome. And then you reach a point and you sometimes throw in a motherfucking die. You feel like a real bad kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a real bad kid. 
<laughs> uh, this is the final song. Oh wow! It does really yeah, so this, when there there's only eight tracks to mention. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and this is this is a uh, this is one of their shorter albums. Um, this so this is the Call of Cthulhu. Uh, this is a I got a lot of uh, Cliff Burton influence in this songwriting, and this one was. Uh, uh, this uh, yeah, Call of Cthulhu, take, I mean, obviously taken mm-hmm. from H.P. Lovecraft. So, yeah, another another reference there. These guys love books. They do. I think a lot of that comes from Led Zeppelin, right? Did, yeah. And I'm less familiar with Led Zeppelin, but Led Zeppelin, I think, had so much like literature and, and high fantasy kind of worked into their lyricism. Yeah, that makes sense. That Yeah, because it feels like a lot of bands took cues from that. Because I feel like, I mean, I'm sure other bands did that before then. But, yeah, I also I, I kind of love does Rush do that too? I think so. Yeah, Rush Rush does that to some degree. I mean, but I mean Rush is a lot of <laughs> what's what's interesting about Rush is that is that it's uh so much of it was written by the late great Neil Peart. Right. Uh so much so many of their lyrics, and he was a weird like libertarian for much of his life. So a lot of it is like Ayn Rand stuff. Which uh, is <laughs> really, yeah, it's like about, you know. It's about it rugged individualism and not being part of a collective. Um, yeah, not not great. Don't love that. Yeah, <laughs> you're Canadian. Settle down, man. <laughs> that's that's rough. Um, interesting. Is this? I don't think I already asked this. Is this your favorite Metallica album? Uh, I go back and forth with this one and 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 Justice for All. Okay. Um, they're both good, and Justice for All, I feel like, is has some some maybe some higher highs, but I think as an album, I like Ride the Lightning overall. Mm. Uh, okay. But, and, and like I said earlier, a lot of, I think, hardcore Metallica fans will say that Master of Puppets is the best, and it's, it's hard to argue against that as an, an album, but it just, just personal preference. Yeah, I think I'd, I'd say this one. Interesting. This, I have liked this more than I expected. I don't know where... I mean, I don't think I'm going to go become a, a huge Metallica fan tomorrow or something. I, Cause I don't know where listening to this would like fit into my life. If that makes sense. Sure. <laughs> but I have enjoyed this more than I thought I would. Not that I thought I was going to hate it, but like the skill level, if nothing else, I'm like, damn, that's actually very fucking impressive and cool. So I don't know. That is, that is not what I expected. Yeah, I mean, they're you know you have like uh, these guys are all great musicians, and I think the songwriting is is pretty creative. If you ever you know tried to teach yourself any of these songs on guitar or bass or drums, it would you know take some doing. I should have started at the beginning of quarantine if I was going to do that. <laughs> yeah, your neighbors would love you. <laughs> on a ukulele, no less. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe, yeah. Fine. Everyone left New York according to the news anyway, so no one yeah, would hurt you. I've heard that, yeah. It's dead here in case you didn't hear. Um interesting. Nick, have you did this did you branch into Lovecraft after reading this? Um I, not a ton. I mean we messed around with the the HP Lovecraft uh pen and paper RPG, which is actually it was ah. called Call of Cthulhu. Uh, this one is spelled wrong. I don't know if it's for... I can't imagine it was for rights reasons. I think they may have just made that creative decision uh, to spell it with a K instead of a C, C-T-H. But, um, yeah, I, 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 I never really read the short stories much. 
Uh, I do think it. I do think that mythos is cool, even though the man seems like he was reprehensible. Yeah, not a great guy. <laughs> Wait, this. Sorry, this is totally unrelated. But I scrolled down further in the images, and there's a picture from Revolver, uh, of Metallica when this album came out, standing in front of the background of like the lightning, and they all look so fucking cool. Yeah. <laughs> They're they cool all, as hell. Every single one has long hair. Lars uh-huh. straight up has bangs that I wish I could pull off. And they're <laughs> all in like black head to toe. Do they have sleeves? I'm picturing no sleeves. Uh, one guy is in a leather vest. No oh, wow. sleeves. So leather vest plus tank top. James is in like a black button up shirt that's like undone like a little sexy wise. <laughs> Lars seems to have a belt made out of um, bullets. The other guy is just in a buttoned-up denim, like dark denim jacket. They look real cool. I like genuinely look like a cool '80s band. And that I think is just like everyday wear in that <laughs> yeah. era. Yeah, uh, Lars- I think the Lars's jacket's a little weird. I'm noticing now. It's got like gray shoulder pads. A little weird, but anyway, still cool. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I definitely wanted to be that cool as a kid, and I think that's part of the it was part of the appeal of these bands. It's also the so this was also like a this this kind of metal was kind of a response to glam rock, yeah. And mm-hmm. um, you know, glam rock. I, I even though I was into some bands like Poison, I was I still always thought it was kind of uncool. Uh, and uh, and these guys seemed like more like authentic, like they're oh these guys are hardcore. These guys are real metal. They're not just pretending. They're just not just doing metal cosplay. Okay, now I'm okay. Now I'm just finding more different pictures of them during this era, and they literally look so cool in all of them. Yeah, like the outfit James is wearing in this other one. I think I wear this outfit. It's like ripped up blue <laughs> jeans, like a white. It's a white Misfits T-shirt. <laughs> and a leather jacket. Like I swear oh, yeah. to God, I have this outfit. I'm expecting. Were you the into next... the? Oh, go ahead, Nick. Were you... Heather? Were you into the Misfits? Yeah, a little bit. I'm not like a huge fan, but like I do yeah. like the Misfits. Yeah, me too. I mean, they just have some truly iconic songs. So right, I know their logo. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great logo. <laughs> Uh, Heather, I'm expecting you to break in a third time and just say, okay, so I've just accidentally set them as my iPhone background. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I'm on my computer. Maybe my desktop background. Okay. No, okay. That I found that those were the main cool pictures. They had two very cool outfit photo shoots. So I am jealous of the bangs, though. My hair is too curly. I can't do it. <laughs> Uh, a big the hair the hair was such a big part of their identity to the point where when they they had the album load that came out after uh-huh. that was their their album after Metallica after their black album and they all cut their hair in advance of that album and it was like yeah. a big thing and it, it caused a lot of fans to be like what the the fuck is this I'm out oh wow that's I'm so in this funny. for the hair that's like the least metal conversation I can imagine though the band deciding together to all cut their hair. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's such a lame conversation to have to like have in a band meeting. Okay, like band meeting. Agenda item number one: cutting <laughs> our hair. Like what? But yeah, it's because that is. I think that's also why those pictures threw me off so much. Because all my, like all my memories of them are like '90s Metallica, which is like James is kind of ripped and like they have short hair and yeah. not the like more glam metal looking 
type guys. Um, that was it. That's the whole album. That's it. They, uh, that was quite an outro there. They did the uh, classic lull you in and then hit you with a very loud noise all of a sudden. (laughs) I feel like I already kind of said what I think about it. Ramsey, what, how was that for you? Uh, I was very surprised at how I felt about this album. It was uh, much, maybe I'm just more mature now and can handle it. Uh, I was very surprised. Yeah. I was far less scared. Uh, what you said about the skill level is the main thing that stood out to me. Um, even down to like, I know I'm showing my nerdiness here, but like they're referencing literature. It's not just talking about like, I just assumed it was going to be a lot of screaming about, uh, I don't know, the devil or something. <laughs> right. Which is an illusion, I suppose, but not the kind <laughs> I'm here for. Uh, yeah, this was a, a lot better than I expected. Same. Hey, I'll take it. <laughs> This, it's, uh, rare, it's rare that both of us agree it was better than we expected. So good work. <laughs> it's rare I'm ever associated with anything that someone says is better than they expected. So <laughs> pretty excited about that. Yeah, this has definitely changed what I think of when I see that Metallica logo. It, it yeah. is definitely a, a cooler thing than I thought. Yeah, I mean, the music's not going to be for everybody, but I think it, 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 but it is, you know, it's, it's, it is, I think, in, 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 to, to your point, I think it's in, it's impressive what they're able to pull off, and I think it has a little bit more depth than a lot of people would assume. Yeah, yeah I, I think that's the, yeah, that's definitely, I feel like what was changing my viewpoint is there is just more to it than like, wah, 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 wah guitars, and to Ramsey's point, the devil. <laughs> <laughs> to Ramsey's point, the devil. <laughs> <laughs> Ramsey's favorite literary character. The devil. That's right. Um, cool. Well, thanks for bringing us, Nick. This to us, Nick. <laughs> of course. Thank you for having me. What a treat. It's such a delight to discuss this. Uh, is there anything you'd like to plug before we go? Uh, you know, uh, Chain Restaurant Podcast, Doughboys with Mike Mitchell, a video game podcast, How Did This Get Played with Matt Apodaca and Heather Ann Campbell. Check out either of those if you want to hear me talk some more. And hey, watch Earth to Ned on Disney+. Plus. It's a giant puppet alien uh, made by the Jim Henson Corporation. And they've got some amazingly talented uh, puppeteers and artisans who made it all come to life. I got to write some jokes for it, and it was a lot of fun. I mean, it sounds delightful. It is. Yeah, those are all wonderful things, and our listeners should definitely check those out. Uh, Heather, how about you? Uh, you can find me online at Heather Shea, S-H-A-E. Uh, that's that's basically it. I didn't write any TV shows. How about you, Ramsey? <laughs> you can find me uh, on Twitter and all the other social medias at Ramsey, E-S-S. Uh, you can subscribe to our podcast at if you're listening.com. You can give us a review on iTunes. You can find our custom playlists and our picks of the week over there. Wow. Great. I think we did it. Amazing. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye.